Well, I think the recording's okay. <laughs> I think the recording started. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Division for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Today is Thursday, March thirty first, two thousand and twenty two. Today we are reading from the Big Book. We are currently in the Doctor's Opinion on Roman numeral page XXVI, the third paragraph. It begins. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy, it's going to end with many things for which we cannot account. And we're just going to read the one paragraph only. Today's readers, we have Carol Q on the 12 steps, and Laura K is on the traditions, and the readers of the text are Nancy T, Lisa B, and Kathy S. And let me give you the share ID for Wednesday, March 30th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. That number is 18,754. That's 18754. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that's 18,755. 18755. The OA pre-ramble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. <clears throat> Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, they can recover <clears throat> and they can do that <clears throat> through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now let's get started with the 12 steps, and we have Carol Q. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Larry. Good morning, everyone. It's Carol Q, a recovered compulsive overeater in Ontario, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you for your service, Carol. Okay, now with the 12 steps, we have Laura Kay. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service. This is Laura Kay, gratefully recovered in New York. Our, um, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or leave the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise with problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. And the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and I pass. Uh, thanks for your service, Laura. Okay, here's how our meeting works. <clears throat> you bet. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. And, of course, anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. And our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months, and there's no abstinence requirement for sharing a topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we're sharing what the directions uh, in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, uh, you just press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, uh, just let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we are back in the big book. We're studying uh, the doctor's opinion. We're currently on uh, Roman numeral page XXVI. XXVI, it's the third paragraph. It begins the doctor's theory that we have an allergy and it ends with 
many things for which we cannot account. And we're just going to comment on the one paragraph. So to get us started is our good friend, Nancy Teague. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Larry. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes, you're coming through loud and clear. Perfect. Yeah, Nancy T. recovered from Lewiston, Idaho. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. As laymen, our opinion as to its soundness may, of course, mean little. But as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. So, you know, we all know um, the definition of an allergy. We've talked about it a lot. In fact, we were talking about it a little bit yesterday. You know, it's an abnormal reaction to a substance. And I, uh, you know, just double-checked the dictionary definition again this morning, and it, it used the word to which, we, I, to which we might be hypersensitive. And I thought, that's a good word, hypersensitive. So when I eat um, sugar in any form or uh, a few other trigger foods that I have, what happens to me that's abnormal? Well, number one, my brain turns on and demands that I eat more and more and more. And I will continue to eat more into oblivion. I mean, until I either um, can't hold any more or I, you know, pass out in a food fog. You know, I mean, I just, that's just me. I'm a binger. I just eat and eat and eat. And then I'll keep that whole cycle up over and over and over again. I'll buy healthy foods to replace them and let them rot in the refrigerator while I continue to keep buying more foods. No matter how much I want to stop, I am unable to. I have turned on this allergy that my physical body craves it and my mental mind demands um, that I keep eating more. It can think of nothing else. The abnormal reaction is that I'll go back to a garbage can to retrieve bench foods as long as it's still in the wrapper. It's okay, right? I mean, what kind of rule is that? I could do a special edition on the abnormal reactions that I have when I eat my trigger foods. So that was, you know, the doctor's theory that I have an allergy is spot on. And, you know, at the time, though, they just thought, well, it doesn't matter if we think that is crazy or not. It says our opinion as to its soundness means little. Well, they didn't worry about that, but they thought that it made good sense because they couldn't explain before this, why they reacted like they did. You know, why do I do this? Other people don't react like that. How come I um, go so nutso when I eat these certain substances or for them when they drink alcohol? So they were interested. They wanted to hear more. And that's why here in a little bit, he's gonna, the doctor's going to expand on his opinion is because we couldn't explain it. And now all of a sudden, here's a medical person that has some ideas about why we react the way we do. So I can't wait to get more into this chapter to find out more about why I react like a crazy lady when I eat certain substances. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for allowing me to be of service. Well, thanks for getting us started, Nancy. Appreciate that. And uh, so we're gonna phase into uh, taking names. And although we value your experience, we love you. We just ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share as well. So again, XXVI, third paragraph. Who would like to share what was read? Leah S. Leah? Maureen L. Maureen. Barbara E. Barbara E. Thank you. Was it Jana? Chuck? Hannah, Jana, Lisa, and Lisa, Lisa, and 
Okay. Farnham. And? Bassa. Bassa. Jana N. Jana. Let's stop there if we could, okay? Let me tell you who I heard. I cleaned the wax out of my ears. I think I got it, but let's see. Leah, Maureen, Barbara. I think it was Jana, if I got that right. We got Charles from the hood. We got Lisa, Ann, Vasa, and Jana. Did I get that right, those names? Okay, I think I did. All right, so we'll start with we'll start with uh, Leah S. and then followed by Maureen and Barbara. Leah, good morning. Leah, press star one. Good morning, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> there okay, you are. these technologies. I'm gonna get get it one day. Okay. Um, this is Leah S. Recovered and Grateful in Brooklyn. So happy to be on again. And um, wow, we beg of you to be fearless from and thorough from the very start. I just can't help myself but quote that right into this paragraph because, um, oh my God, Okay, my sponsor told me you got to be abstinent. You got to do it the abstinent way. And you're feeling these feelings, whatever you're feeling, you're, you're going to feel them regardless if you're going to eat or binge or when you're going to wake up from that oblivion, you're still going to feel it and um so so you might as well feel it abstinently. And I thought I could cheat. I thought I could, well, not not those truffles, forget it. It's just an impossibility. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense that I don't have those. And um, so I'm going to be abstinent with the other stuff, but only this one. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start because you're going to just bounce back, Leah. And that's what happened. I went I bounced back and back and the whole time until I finally decided how much is enough enough how much am I going to do to myself and get on again and again and again this whole book is all about Jack and Mr. High I mean every single thing is please please follow the directions they're pretty simple and you know what stop fighting Leah it's okay. You're not going to imagine the results that you're going to have. And I didn't dare think about them. But you know what? They started happening slowly and slowly. That's why I keep getting on and saying, I'm a grateful, recovered person. Every little thing that is changing within me and within my life is unbelievable. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah. Okay, next up we have Maureen, followed by Barbara. Maureen, good morning. Uh, good morning, Vision, and thank you for everyone uh, who's doing service on this meeting and others. I hope I can be heard. Can I be heard? I'm going to assume I can you be can. heard. You can. Yeah, you uh, can. Thank you. Sorry, I don't, I don't often share on this meeting simply because I usually listen from a train. Uh, but it's important to me. All of you are important to me. It's important because I need to connect daily with people who do the kinds of things with food that I do that make absolutely no rational sense. 
And I can't think this problem away, nor can I read it to conclusion, nor could I work really, really, really hard to solve the problem. It is just what it is. It's an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind. I am the mother of four children, uh, two of whom appear to be normal eaters, and uh, one of whom is absolutely one of us. And uh, I've observed this in my son as a toddler. Uh, he just does not have the off switch and does not have the society switch. Uh, the thing about him is that he's an athletic kid. He plays on three different sports teams. He's 16 years old. Uh, you look at him, you think this is a really fit kid. But uh, thin is not well. Fit is not fabulous necessarily. And he's got this the same way that I do. And I um, that in some ways, you know, my heart hurts for him because I know the way road ahead for him and I can't give him a higher power and I can't give him the 12-step program right now necessarily but he's I don't think he's ready for it but he'll find his way and how great is it that there is a way out of this obsession and addiction one day at a time so for today I don't want to hurt myself with food I know that I have this it is as made a part of me as my freckles or the color of my skin or the my eyes but uh, it doesn't have to dominate my day all day. And I could spend a day not chasing my next hit, but he can be of service and showing up for people in my job in a way that matters. So uh, thank you, Vision. Thank you for all of these voices I hear daily. Uh, you mean so much to so many. And I'm, I have to do a lot of public speaking for my job, but I'll tell you, when I pressed star one, I was intimidated to do so. And so for those who don't, you know, it's just so great, I think, to add voices to the conversation. And so I look forward to hearing and, and listening more. So thank you for sharing your strength and your hope and your peace. And I wish everyone just a great, great day. Thanks. Oh, so glad that you shared, Maureen. Okay, next up we have Barbara followed by Jana. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Barbara, go good ahead morning. and unmute yourself. There you I are. think I think I am. Yes. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for being of such wonderful, good-humored service, and thank you, family, for participating in my recovery. I couldn't do it without you. Well, I was born with brown hair, brown eyes, and ten fingers and ten toes, and the desire to eat uncontrollably. I didn't think I would, I know I wasn't maladjusted to life when I was born immediately, but something was wrong with me because I ate and ate and ate. I stole food from my mother. I ate food in school. We ate family style in the school I, t I went to as a little kid, and I ate for the whole family even then. As I grew up, I ate food off the floor. I ate from the garbage. I bought food for me and the family, but I ate it all myself. And I always said in jest, but I don't think I was jesting. When I die, my husband, please uh, sprinkle my ashes over Burger King or Dunkin' Donuts because I couldn't stop eating. I did have that mental obsession. I didn't understand it when I was two or three or five, but now at, in my 70s, oh my God, I understand it. 
when I start getting that thought and I can't get it out of my head and it takes over my mind until I say, okay, I'll have just one, you know that's not going to happen. You always know, at least I do, when an addict like me speaks, I'm lying usually. I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to everybody. I don't want to stop. I want to keep eating, but I don't want the consequences. Well, I always had the consequences. Twelve sizes in my closet. And always thinking, now I've lost all the weight. I'm normal. I can go out and eat in moderation. Well, I lived in New York and I took the subway. There was no stop on my subway train that was called moderation. It was called oblivion. It was called gluttony. And I needed a spiritual malady, spiritual uh, remedy, which we'll talk about as we get through it. I needed a, a change. I needed to say, I can go through the emotions and not pick up the food. My sponsor said to me, Barbara, every time you go by Burger King and Dunkin' Donuts on the way home, you always get the idea, hmm, I'll just stop in for one. And I never stopped in for one. So she said, Barbara, take a different route home. You know you can do it. It'll take maybe three minutes longer, but you won't have to do that. Oh, thank God for sponsorship, fellowship, this family that supports me. I know I can call someone up if I'm feeling squiggly, wiggly. If it's 10 o'clock at night in New Jersey, this compulsive overeater can call someone up in Seattle or California reminder. or Oregon. Or I can call Larry and just wake him up. I thank you all again. This program works if we're willing to work it. The three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action. Now, thank you. I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Okay, next up is Jana, followed by Charles. Jana, good morning. Good morning. This is Jana N. from New York. Good morning. Uh, this is Shanna Oh, I think there might have been two Janas. Well, Janas. you know what, Jana? Let's do this. Let's go Jana, and then I know Charles will say, I want to hear Shanna, and then we'll go to Charles. How about that? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jana, you're up. Hi, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Thank you to everyone doing service. Um, this passage on the allergy, um, you know, it makes me think of now being in recovery, I still have to be on alert for the ways in which my disease shows up, certainly in, in my thinking, but also it wants any little angle in the food. And recently, I, you know, I had a cold and it was called upon me as I'm driving to the store to, to get cold medicine, talking to my sponsor, you know, God just really put it upon my heart to bring up that I was going to get medication for my cold. And, you know, I was tempted to get the, the liquid one that has sugar in it. And, and she said, okay, well, I would encourage you to, to maybe pray about it, do some outreach and think if you want to get that form or the pill form that doesn't have sugar. 
And immediately I knew, I can just skip all of that. I don't need to do any outreach. I don't need to pray about it. I know I just need the pill. And those are the ways that my disease wants to show up. You know, I have to be thorough from the beginning, but I have to be thorough throughout if I want to hold on to my recovery. And I must constantly check in with myself asking, you know, am I entirely abstinent? Yes, in the food, also in my behaviors. Because if I'm not, I'll be back in the food sooner than I know it. And I'll look up, you know, just baffled at what happened. So thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Thanks, Jana. Okay, Shanna, and then uh, Charles. Hi, Shanna. Shanna, press star one. Sorry about that. It takes a second for my phone to unmute. This is Shanna (laughs) from Tennessee. Um, Larry, thank you so much for your service, and I couldn't be more grateful for this doctor's opinion. You know, um, I'm asking God for the words in the delivery this morning. Um, Well, uh, quite simply for me, um, when it comes to that sentence where it says, as layman, (laughs) <laughs> our opinion as to its soundness may of course mean little. Um, you mean I'm a layman? I'm not an expert at this. Um, and what I mean by that is I know that for the longest time, I, you know, I, I was in a rec- another recovery fellowship and it made sense to me that these, what I then thought were more insidious substances, the harsher substances, things like alcohol, drugs, you know, whatever, those kinds of things. Those made sense that there's an allergy, that people would have a, abnormal reaction to those but food you know the kind of thoughts that would go through my head when I would hear people say I have an allergy to a certain food substance or an alcoholic food and I'm in my arrogance would literally think yeah these people are just making this up um because for whatever reason they're making this up to make themselves feel like not the failures that they really are and I'm ashamed to say that that was my thought process for the longest time. Yeah, um, you know, and I would try uh, uh, abstinence and, and try the, you know, um, you know, and I would even work the steps, but I hadn't fully conceded to my innermost self that I, I'm a compulsive overeater also. And it wasn't until something happened within me that it clicked, it made sense that once I started to eat, Certain substances, I literally could not stop. I used to tell myself, oh, I can just binge on anything. I can binge on, you know, lettuce or celery. Mm, For me, usually the binging on those kinds of foods happened after I consumed some sort of uh, one of my alcoholic foods. And um, then it clicked. And thank God you guys were here for me despite my arrogance. Thank God I get to be wrong. Thank God that this allergy to these alcoholic foods of mine doesn't, it makes me bodily mentally different. It doesn't make me any more amoral than anybody else. Uh, We do take care of that moral aspect of it through these steps, thank God. So thankfully, you know, I can see what my problem is and I have a solution laid out for me in this book and the people that can guide me along the way to access to that power, which can keep me away from those alcoholic foods and keep that mental obsession at bay through the action of these 12 steps. And so grateful for this doctor's opinion and, and that you guys will hear from me when I was broken 
and my arrogance was lifted. That's all I have. Thanks. Thank you, Shanna. Okay, well, let's go to a former Lakers fan. Charles, good morning. <laughs> good morning, bro. Yeah, the Lakers <laughs> suck. They suck. It's over for uh, <laughs> I'm Charles A. General Recovery Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Larry. I love your, your beautiful spirit, man. You're always a, you're a very nice man. Very nice man. And I had the pleasure to meet you on several occasions. Let me address this thing here and drill, this, drill down here where it says, you know, as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. Uh, Superman uh, has to stay away from kryptonite. You know, I say that, that he don't run to kryptonite. Kryptonite finds a way in his life, and he gets weakened every single time, right? So, yes. And, and spoiler alert, no one is sugar-free. Because, you, know, I, 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 you know, I don't really like you enough to hate you. So I, I don't need to go with the grain. Now, yes, sugar is, 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 is a kryptonite. Right? It's, it's crack. I don't go looking, I don't go in the crack house trying to say, hey, my name is Charles H. I'm a recovered crackhead. Um, why don't you put the pipe down? No. But I, I need to be real and be like, there, no one is sugar-free 100%. I, I, I'm just keeping it official. Vegetables got sugar in it. Now, I think there's newcomers on here or people on here that's been spinning their wheels talking about, how do I get abstinence? You know, there's sugar in everything, right? I think, I think the recovered people are talking about processed sugar, added sugar, right? Like, yeah, Dr. Silkworth was on or something, and, you know, he was so humble when he says, as a layman, you know, it probably means little, but to us, 80-something years later, it means the world, right? It means the world that we don't uh, indulge in, you know, our, our uh, kryptonotic, I don't even know if that's a word, food, and kryptonotic food behavior. So I am so grateful for this information and this doctor's opinion. It makes so much sense to me as, as an ex-compulsive overeater. I, I don't indulge in my compulsive foods or food behaviors, and I don't do so happily. I may sound like my grand sponsor. And that's not a bad guy to sound like. And with that, I pass. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Okay, next up we have Lisa, followed by Ann. Lisa, good morning. Hey, Larry. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you great. Okay. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Great. It's snowing in Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your service. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank God that somebody who had credentials knew what was wrong with me because for so many years, I just, I learned to hide and to eat alone because of the looks that I would get while I was eating from my family, from other people, the jokes. I needed somebody to tell me what, what was going on with me. And I didn't know until I was 48 years old. That's a horrible thing to go through for your life and not understand what's wrong with you and just feel like a total loser and not of weight, of just not not being like other people. And so I'm so grateful to God that I've been led to this program. I don't know how in the world it was me that got to have this program. 
um, because there are so many people walking around suffering like I did for all those years. And they're young and they're old and they're middle-aged. They're, they're every race, they're every, every um, culture and, and religion. And they're all, there's many, many people who didn't get this program. So I'm just very grateful. And I, I know that um, it was, a, a, I, I feel like God gave this doctor the information, the wisdom and working with, working with other people and seeing what, what was going on. I feel like that was so divine. And um, I just, I'm grateful. And I, I thank God that there is an, an actual explanation for this. And people don't have to believe it. The, the people that I live with don't have to. They can shake their heads and say, that sounds crazy. But I believe it. And that's what matters. And my fellows, and we can help each other. So just grateful. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, my neighbor. Okay, do you say Anne or do you say on? No, I'm going to say Anne. Hey, hey Anne. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Larry. It's Anne. I'm here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ireland. Can I be heard okay? Yes, ma'am. You can be heard great. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thanks for your service. And as Charles said, you're great spirit. Thanks, Larry. Um, yeah, and just like it was shared earlier, you know, I just love the fact that, you know, it was discovered what was wrong with me and, uh, you know, definitely divinely inspired and to be written in a book, you know, by, by Dr. Silkworth. And uh, I just love the way, you know, it's always mapped out that it's his opinion and it's his opinion by, you know, experience with other alcoholics and his observations. And, you know, it's put in very clearly what the problem is. And for me, I always like to go to um, to it being a threefold disease. You know, the spiritual malady is just, I find for me to start at the end of, 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 of this is, you know, my, my disease is really a, a sickness of my soul. You know, I'm disconnected or blocked off from a higher power. And because of that, I'm restless, irritable and discontented. And I need to find some ease and comfort and the effect, the effect of the food. Um, and that really just boils it all down to me. And I just love the way it's, you know, it's very clear. And on this line, I have definitely found that I got it very clear in my mind that what was wrong with me, what, what the problem was, what the solution was and what the um what the program of action was all about and and you know that's just such a massive gift for me to be given that and to be clearly given it you know for me because I'm very complicated I like to complicate something when I I'm afraid and and I need it down very simply and I need to know how to work this program to find that to find that higher power which is my solution and I love the last part where it says it explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account and it is that baffling, powerful and cunning disease that we all suffer from. And, you know, it does defy all logic. You know, it doesn't. There is no clear explanation why we have it, how it is, why everybody has got this problem. And it's in different, you know, it's in different facets. But the, the common solution and, and what keeps us all here is the common solution is a power greater than ourselves. And, and I love, you know, the way. We all know what the solution is. It's just a matter of finding the solution, finding the solution by working the twelve steps. And for me, it took it took it took long time for me to really be able to piece this together 
and to know what and where everything fits in. And really it all boils down to one thing and it is a higher power. It's trying to find a connection with that higher power. And 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 thank God for me today I have recovery and it is thanks to the you know, this big book, and uh, my fellows on the line, twelve steps and, and you know, power greater than myself. So with that I pass and thanks again, Larry, for your great service. Oh, thank you, and okay, next up, Vasa, followed by Jana. We're on XXVI, the third paragraph. Vasa, good morning. Yeah, thank you. Good morning, Larry, and good morning, every one of you. Vasa, Griff, we recovered compulsive overeater, calling from uh, Port Charlotte, Florida, and I just love the doctor's opinion. For the first time in my lifetime, I heard about the allergy. I had no clue. I had no clue about any about you know anything about the twelve steps that had to do with with overeating? I remember reading in Dear Abby many many years before I found the twelve came to Overeaters Anonymous. I read a story that the, you know there was help in Norway, but I thought I needed to be really obese to belong there. And then yeah, gradually I found it was getting progressive for me. By the grace of God, I did not get to that point because. I came and I found the solution here, and uh, I and 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 I heard about the allergy, and I was really terrified. And my sponsor told me, she said, "It's like cocaine, you know. We it, it's going to kill us." And it was killing me gradually. And I'm an experimental, like the alcoholic. I used to. I mean, I love to cook, experiment, baking and cooking, cutting things in half and this and that none of that worked so i'm just so grateful like this was my last stop uh, of overeaters anonymous coming and learning about the allergy and the mental obsession and i stopped like cold turkey with the white sugar with sugar processed sugary things and 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 of course that's when i found a higher power greater than myself and when compulsion came back, when the mental obsession came, and I would get on my knees and pray to God, please keep me abstinent from these toxic substances, substances I put in my... It was horrible going through the withdrawals. I wish I, wish I could tell you, oh, it was fun. You know, I couldn't even imagine in my lifetime not having those, those things. But it, it was a day at a time, one minute at a time. And I used to eat over anything, happy, sad, angry. And, yeah, I would take the edge for a little bit. I was not one of those people that would even fall asleep. That gave me high. It gave me, like, energy. I could clean the house from the bottom to the top, you know. And then, you know, and then I would get tired and get some more, you know. So I'm just so grateful and uh, this to find the solution. It's a miracle. This program is a give. It's a God, God given to us. So I I'm in it. I'll stay in it because it works. Thank you for letting me share in our path. Thanks, Vasa. Glad you're in it. Okay, Jana, come on up to the mic here. Good morning. Uh oh, Jana, press star one.
Hey, Larry, this is Shanna C. I think the Shanna and the Janet. Oh, there was a Shanna and the Janet threw me off. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. Thanks a lot. Okay, you too, you too. Okay, we've got time for, you know, maybe a few more shares here. We're on XXVI, the third paragraph. Only who would like to share? Linda. Darian K. Darian. Neil. Neil G. Lisa O. Neil. Lisa C. Tell you what, we're going to stop with that, Lisa, and we're just going to see where we get here. So I got Linda, Darian. I heard Neil. I may have gotten that wrong, it's, but I'm not it's sure. It's Camille, Lowry. It's Camille. Camille. Okay, thank you. I thought I cleaned out the wax, but maybe not. And then Brenda and then Lisa, and then let's see where we're at. Linda, let's start with you, my dear, and then we'll go to Darian. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Uh, hi, everybody. It's Linda D. So astounded and grateful to be recovered one more day, one more minute in this wonderful program. Um, don't you love that doctor? He saved my life. And the close study of it in this particular meeting has enhanced my understanding like a hundredfold. So today, what do you know? I knew something different from yesterday, that it's a new day and God's in charge of it and it's all good and sometimes it's painful and sometimes it isn't and who cares because this is the way out of hell. This is a disease. It isn't going anywhere. It's in my, my understanding is it's brain function. That doesn't change. So what has to change? Everything in my life. What? I what? I can't do that. That's right, I can't. I better really humble up and listen to my soul, my core, the truth within me, that which gave me life, which gives me life, which loves me, and which I love back. And I love it through all of you and through my own self. I am not some kind of a creep with a gutter level whatever. I am a human being with a soul that wants to love me back to life and feed me the right stuff, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda. Okay, next up is Darian, followed by Camille. Darian, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone on Vision. Um, I am Darian Kay. I am in the Berkshires of Massachusetts, recovered for today. I'm very grateful to be with all of you. And hearing some of my lovely friends from years ago just makes my heart so warm, and the new people as well. Um, so just thinking of the word allergy, um, never crept into my mind that I had an allergy. With food, what? No, I'm not allergic to peanuts or shrimp or tree nuts or whatever. You know, that's an allergy. I just like to eat, you know, um, volumes, and I and I like to eat, um, you know, sweet things, and um, you know, I like going out to restaurants and all that kind of stuff. I'm just a foodie, right? And so um, I just never really, it never made sense to me. Um, oh, but um, you know, having been here many years and hearing. Uh, the uh, progression of the disease for many that sadly go into relapse, I can understand that I have an allergy, definitely. 
And, you know, people will ask, well, you know, what happens to you? You're not allergic. Well, what happens to you? I break out. Yeah, I break out and I eat and I eat. And I don't want that today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am satisfied with my abstinent food. Um, and I, you know, feel free and clear um, and able to, you know, uh, function in between. You know, boy, we have a whole life in between our meals, don't we, um, to live um, and things to experience. Um, and, you know, I am so grateful, grateful that I am here today with all of you. You know, and a sad little story. I, I read about the little boy that died in the, off the, on the ride in Florida or something. You know, and it was because he was, he was very overweight for these rides. And he was denied two times to go on these rides because he was too heavy. And the third ride, he allowed him to go on and he lost his life. And it's like, yeah, that's, you know, denial, right? Just denying that we have this problem will kill us eventually. Um, it's, a, it's a deadly disease. I take it very seriously. Um, and I, and I, you know, I'm so grateful for the recovery that I have today and um, to be with all of you each morning, getting so many pearls of wisdom um, with the kryptonite and the, the princess in the pea yesterday. I just love it. So keep telling those stories. I just love them. And thank you so much, Larry, for your dedicated service. Bye-bye. Thank you, Darian. Okay, next up is Camille, followed by Brenda. Hi, Camille. Hi, good morning, Larry. This is Camille, recovered, uh, recovered um, compulsive overeater. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely. You bet. I'm sorry. Did you say yes, you can hear me? I, I did. Yeah, we can hear you great, Camille. Okay. And I think I only have one minute, so I'll go quickly. Um, I'm so great. Good morning, everyone. I'm so grateful that we live, we read the doctor's opinion and that we only read it paragraph by paragraph so that I can stay focused on sentence by sentence. And the sentence the doctor offers that I have an allergy of the body, the way my allergy shows up um, is in quantity. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's abstinent food or not abstinent food. I just want more of it. And um, I'm grateful today that I know that. I'm grateful that I weigh and measure because it really helps me address that. Um, I'm grateful that I've surrendered to that. And um, my allergy also shows up with um, other foods. And so I abstain from those foods. I abstain from sugar. I abstain from white flour. And I abstain from um, added salt. And, um, and it's, it's at first, I thought it was impossible to do. And the more I do it, the easier it is. And the more I do it, the more I see how my taste has changed over, over time. And I'm really grateful for that because I'm quite satisfied with what it is I do have. And um, that, that's it. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Camille. Okay, next up is Brenda, followed by Lisa. Brenda, good morning. Good, good morning. My name is Brenda H. from Michigan. And I would just like to say that I am grateful that was previously said about uh, that we're not a that I am not 100% sugar-free uh, because there's so many sugars in a lot of different things. 
uh, I went to a nutritionist and she gave me a list of so many different types of sugars that are unknown to me and it helped me tremendously. And I would just like to say thank you for that person who shared that because I didn't have the courage to say it because I didn't want anyone to get upset with me, but I really believe that within my heart. So I have to be careful for myself. And also I would just like to thank everyone for service today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you for jumping in, Brenda. Okay, we'll take Lisa, and then we'll see where we're at. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Thanks, Larry. Um, my name is Lisa. I'm a compulsive overeater from Toronto. Um, <clears throat> so I want to talk about shame today. Um, it says the doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol or interest explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Um, I spent... 30 years in this disease, feeling like I was a terrible person, that I was a bad person, that there was something fundamentally wrong with me because I couldn't figure out why everybody else around me could buy a thing of ice cream or um, a package of uh, baked goods, have one, and then put the rest away and then not think about it again. I felt like I was fundamentally defective and that I needed to do all of these crazy self-development things and just constantly keep on working on myself, meditating, like there was clearly some secret that I, everybody else knew except for me. And that if I could figure out what that secret was, I was going to be able to eat like a normal person finally. Um, and it took me about three minutes uh, in my first OA meeting before I realized that no, like I am a compulsive overeater. And when I found out about this allergy of the body, it all of a sudden made my entire, it's like the entire like a domino is falling over, like everything just like clicked in and made sense. And I finally felt like I could let go of the shame I felt for 30 years that I was not a good person and that I could, wondering why I could never figure this out. It's because there's nothing to figure out. I can't have certain things. If I put certain things into my body, I am going to not be able to stop eating those things. And just knowing that that's how it is and knowing the mental twist that comes later, it just made this process so much easier for me. And it took away, um, oh God, it took away so much suffering. And yeah, is it hard to, was it hard to put down those foods a little bit? Yeah. But now that I know when those, if I ever have a food thought come back, it's like, yep, not triggering that allergy, not doing it. Like it's just made everything so black and white and so crystal clear. And I am so fantastically grateful for this doctor's opinion and all the good that it's done in my life. Um, so thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa. We have time for maybe a couple more shares. Who would like those spots? Sorry, Siri. Who else? Priscilla. Okay, here's who I heard. I heard Suri and Priscilla for about, I, I guess, two and a half minutes each, if that's okay. Good morning, Suri. How are you? Take two. Hi, Suri. Press star one. Wow. I, you there know, you are. It, it, the first time it's happened to me, so humbled <laughs> and embarrassed. Yay, I needed that. Um, I am just saying thank you. That's all I got. Um, I I don't don't have recovery. 
I don't have, I'm letting go, and I'm just surrendering a little bit more today, not because of any reason other than um, that is the action that I must practice right now, because I am in such fear of the food and everything associated with it, and really adulting. That's the bottom line. Food is growing up, um, and I can do it. Um, not alone. Um, not alone, and with, with this fellowship in this group. So I want to thank everybody, and I pass. Have a great day. Thanks, Jerry. I, for one, am glad that you are here. Okay, Priscilla, save the best for last here, right? <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I'm Priscilla H., so grateful to be recovered and recovering from my um, addiction to certain foods. And I want I, I want to comment about allergy and addiction Um Dr. Selkworth uses the word addiction twice on the next page. Um, he talks about allergy on this page. There's a there's a difference. There's a, a sameness and a difference between allergy and addiction. I have an allergy to crustaceans, crab, shrimp, lobster, and anything else along those lines. They make me deathly ill. I don't even like to be in the same room with them because the smell just even makes me sick. Um, It repels me. Addiction, on the other hand, attracts me. Um, Technically, an addiction is an allergy because it's an abnormal response of the body, but it happens in the pleasure center of the brain and I've only become aware of this in in very recent years and I've looked up and I googled addiction and I read a book on the brain about addiction and so forth and so on Uh, in my mind there's a difference and in my mind it's important for me for my recovery to recognize that um, what I have is an addiction to particularly sweet foods, also salty, greasy, crunchy foods. Um, They didn't know about the function of the brain. They didn't have fMRI machines back in the 1930s and 40s. I think all of that sophisticated medical equipment only began to be developed in the middle part later on in the 20th century, maybe the 1960s or so. And today there's a lot more to be known but the important thing is just uh, the program of recovery. That's what really matters. And so thanks for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Priscilla. Well, just a few seconds. I just thank you for loving me right where I'm at because I love you right where you're at. And that's the, that's the beautiful part of this program here. All right, so thank you to everyone who has participated today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study that's going to immediately follow closing. Let me give you the share ID for today's meeting, 18,762. That's 18762. And we're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow that by the serenity prayer. 
and our wonderful friend from South Carolina, Lisa B, is going to do that. Lisa, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much. My name is Lisa. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. Page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.